0: All screwed up at them, man but you don't need me to tell you
1: that you already know welcome to deep Americana. that again for me about your records yeah. isn't? because I can't yeah, absolutely um, no worries yeah so I just want to say thank you to anybody who's been
2: tuning in and listening uh, to this point um, and uh, and really appreciate you uh, tuning in uh, if you'd like to learn any more about Lionel Records, the record label that we're building to help prop up indie artists and get them a platform uh, without having to sell their soul and sell the rights to all their music in the way that the big labels will demand, uh, you can learn more about that at Lionel.com, L-L-N as in Nancy, N-L-L.com, dot lcom And if you'd like to learn more about Viya, the app that uh, I'm building to help you organize and get more productivity out of every day of your life uh, and improve. Virtually any skill you'd like to improve. Uh, you can learn more about that at V I E D A Y dot com, uh, which stands for
1: review and improve every detail about yourself. V I E D A Y dot com by day. Yo, I'm Ray Garney. This evening I'll be interviewing Crates over business, over his media company, through Lionel Records, creative processes, how he feels about what's going on with COVID and the lockdown, and also we'll touch on the stock market. Let's, uh, yeah, Um, yeah, go for it. Let me just introduce myself a little bit too, thanks. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so my name is Great. Uh, I'm uh, a
2: little bit of a self-made entrepreneur. I run a couple of businesses. I have a, a retail, international retail business I built from the ground up that has about 37,000 fans on Facebook. Um, I also have a media uh, company that does uh, internet marketing and custom app development, um, serving all different size clients. I've uh, worked on hundreds of contracts for uh, lots of small and medium sized businesses, but also really big names like Margaret Stanley restaurant, PricewaterhouseCoopers, Gardner and McKinsey Company, and a lot of other mega caps and big, uh, and, and big corporations as well. Um, lately, I've been working a lot on uh, a couple of projects in-house that I have. One of them is my little indie record label, Final Records, um, which is something that I'm very passionate about. I think it's an opportunity to use technology to make it uh, easier for indie artists to get uh, a much larger share of proceeds of their art and their work, which I think is super important. Because right now, 91% of all music is owned by four big brands, and those four big companies take pretty much all the profits out of the hands of the artists. The other big project I'm really, really stoked right now is something that I'm calling By day Um, You would improve every detail about yourself, and it's a productivity type app that combines uh, some daily affirmations and life coaching along with time logging and uh, a couple of the things to really make it easy to get your life in order and um, get more out of every day it's uh, mindfulness journaling and questions at the beginning and the end of every day, and all that's free. Um, you know, just something that uh, I'm kind of producing. That I it's based on a system that I've been doing for months myself. That I've got a lot of value out of, and I'm hoping that other people will get a lot of value out of that too. Okay. So
1: irons in the fire there okay that's that's good that's yeah yeah you do i i keep busy not quite as busy but pretty busy um with that let's uh let's let's get into this so i'm going to start this a little differently um and i want to ask you uh crates why why would you want to help somebody i know you've helped quite a few people what does that do for you personally or even yeah yeah I think it's a great question. Um, and, uh, you know, I am curious. I want to hear more from you as well about where that comes from. But first, let me, you know, just give you an answer. Um, I firmly believe, and I've told this to
2: a lot of other people, and I've, I've kind of encouraged other people to follow the same concept, that you're not on this earth or in this life or uh, in this body, um, you know, living every day for your own sake. And I'm not here for my own sake. Uh, I, I'm My life is not about me. And your life is not about you. Right. Um, Which is a very, very strange concept. It's a very foreign concept to most human beings because I think from an evolutionary standpoint, we evolved to be selfish. Those selfish genes, you know, being able to really hunt and to, uh, you know, survival of the fittest has evolved us to be very competitive. And I think that most of our geopolitical structure and our economic structure and the way the stock market works, all of that, really based on us being hyper competitive with each other, every man for himself but I think we're also learning as a species now uh, really starting to awaken and learn that there is
0: much more to life than just uh, me, 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 me and being selfish and just trying to do for yourself Um, and so that's why I think you know it's super super important uh, and most edifying to the soul and, and the most valuable thing you could ever do for yourself to do for others uh, I think that the most important thing that you can do on the surface to try and put as much of your time as possible in service to uh, either to the service of those around you and the people that you can benefit or if you are doing things in service to yourself, it's to position yourself and to groom yourself and to you get uh, the skill set that you need so that you can better help others. So that's not to say that you can't, you know, make money. Um, right. but I think you shouldn't get greedy with it. And I think right. there's a lot of people out there, you know, I agree that if you have a billion dollars in the bank and you're not spending it to the service of other people, I think you're doing something wrong with it. Um, and I think that, you know, uh, you know, similarly, you can
2: you can work out of the gym and get really strong or you can uh, read a lot of books and get really smart. Right. Um, all of that needs to be in service to something higher than yourself. So the whole point is to sharpen that tool so that you can really, really do for others the best that you can.
1: Right, I agree with you 100% on that. I'll, I'll add one thing to it is that you know, for instance, I, this, when, when I lived in Kansas and Wichita, I uh, would help this elderly lady with multiple personalities out, and bring her groceries, so on and so forth. And not only was I helping her, but it just, it, that, type of, that type of thing is infectious. It spreads, you know, and it, it, it would make our world 100% better, you know. And to me, you kind of get a I I feel good after I do that for somebody, Right. 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 It's just simple Trying to be positive, you know, a smile is infectious too and, and right. anything that you can do just to to spread love and joy is, is gonna do a lot more than being bitter or intangerous or you know, even when things aren't going your way, you really need it is important. Oh oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um okay. Let's let's move in, into this, Chris. Um how how is it in uh Connecticut right now? Um you guys quarantine i mean what what's going on there with uh, the virus uh, outbreak and things like yeah. um i'm not sure at what time uh, our listeners are, are dialing in so just to give us some context we're in mid-march right now it's uh wednesday march 18th and we're right in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic
2: uh you know COVID has started to explode all over the world italy is completely on lockdown shut down right now china is just getting to the point um that it's starting to recover or at least we hope um, that they feel like they've contained things, um, you know, and, uh, and, and to your point here in Connecticut, things have been getting very wild. Um, you know, I think it, for those of us who are listening or, uh, or who are dialed in uh, right now and it's current, you may be aware that uh, the biggest hotspots you have right now are in Washington and New York uh, around New York city. Of course, it's a very populous area and it's also, um, you know, where a lot of international transit takes place. So uh, New Rochelle is in complete martial law, military quarantine, and lockdown. Nobody in, nobody out. That's, uh, that's like 20 minutes from my house uh, in Norwalk. Wow. Um, and uh, there, there's uh, a curfew in effect now. So in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, uh, all bars and restaurants are shut down completely except for takeout. Uh, and there's a curfew. Nobody uh, is, is meant to be out on the road past 8 p.m. Um, so it's getting it's getting a little hairy. It's getting a little crazy. Uh, I think you know there's also obviously a lot of uh, economic activity. So in the stock markets, we've seen thirty three percent decline in the Dow and oh, yeah. the Nasdaq. It's a little doing a little better, but the standards and P index, uh, the S and P is down thirty three percent as well. Um, people are panicking, and uh, nothing seems right. to change it. Um, you know, the Fed uh, it has the ability to, to regulate monetary policy. The international, uh, the international banking uh, union is trying to uh, regulate the supply of currency. Um, a lot of international commerce uh, is based on the value of the greenback. So, um, you know, for instance, most, or if not all, oil is bought and sold using U.S. dollars. Uh, and I don't know all the particulars as to why that is. It's just a deal that somehow we negotiated a million years ago. Um, so if the value of the dollar plummets, that's not good for anybody. But at the same time, the only tool that the Fed has right now uh, is something they call quantitative easing as well as lowering the prime uh, basis rate. Um, and so that's what's happening right now. It's a very scary thing if you're tuned into finance because yeah. you've got, uh, the, the prime lending rate is down to 0%. What that means is that the federal government is willing to uh, essentially give money to anybody who wants it at no interest, which means that the biggest banks who can get that 0% rate can essentially print money. Um, and on top of that, they are uh, relaxing or eradicating the uh, reserve limit. Um, you know, we have a fractional reserve lending system, which means that for every bank that lends out a million dollars, they have that $100,000 in reserve. If you get rid of that $100,000 in reserve requirement, then banks can basically print money. And that's the Fed's answer right now. This is the time that we live in. So the Fed said that uh, the the right way to get out of this economic downturn is they're going to buy a trillion dollars of treasury bills. And uh, so the Fed is, you know, international. They're going to prop up the U.S. economy and the U.S. greenback by buying a trillion dollars of U.S. treasury securities to try and uh, retain value there um, at at the time that other people might be selling them. And then at uh, at the same time, um they have also you know they, they've eradicated that fractional reserve and they've eradicated that um eradicated that uh the, uh crime break down to zero and they've also uh, started buying equities so they do something called quantitative easing where they just buy stocks everyone else is selling them in a frenzy so yeah. the fed just buys them up and I, I don't know what they do with them or you know um uh, it's very confusing to me how there's this shadowy organization that doesn't have elected officials you know they're appointed yeah, right. they uh, have the ability to just buy up all of our stocks and own uh, significant shares in all of our companies without ever reporting. They're not accountable to anyone. They don't have to report how much of those assets they own, uh, and there's no oversight or insight into their operations. Uh, so all of that is scary stuff. It's definitely um, very strange, and uh, it could be completely
1: unprecedented. You know, it's, it's possible that this is the beginning of the end for America. Um, right. Yeah, I was gonna say that is uh, terrifying. I have <laughs> didn't even realize that myself. It's so essentially we come out of this at the other end with these shadowed companies owning everything. Yeah, and it's not just that, um, because these guys, the Fed, you know, they already have literally trillions of dollars in all the power in the world.
2: Right. So, you know, that's not even what scares me the most. I think the biggest concern that I have in terms of like the real concrete impact on the way of life for you and I and the average American might be listening to this, the real concrete impact is mainly that uh, when they pump trillions of dollars into the economy, into the economic system, they're essentially printing that money out of thin air. And what that means is if there's $6 trillion in monetary supply now, they pump $2 trillion more into it, uh, that means that you know the price of everything, literally everything,
1: Will go up by at least twenty five percent almost overnight. Right, so, it'll it'll hike know, everything. If you have cash, yeah. If you have cash, you might as well put it into silver or gold or stocks or something because your cash is going to become a lot less uh, worth what it is today very soon. Do Do you think that it's a good time to buy stocks right now since everything is so low?
2: I don't, and I'll tell you why. What's up? 2008 financial crisis, and it's a really good, a, a good um, maybe example because in 2008, when Lehman Brothers went underwater, uh, as a huge bank that was underwriting a big, significant portion of the economy and their loans and things like that, um, you know, it's, it's like if you can imagine that uh, all of the United States is an organism, um, we basically chopped off one of its legs and it was hobbling around after that. Right. And so, uh, that, what that caused is all major markets fell by roughly 50%. And, uh, and so that's kind of what people have compared this to. Um, the markets have been tanking for three weeks, but they have fallen harder and faster than any other time in history. And I've been saying for a while now, and so has some significant people in the finance industry like Ray Dalio, on Bridgewater Associate. He's very close to where I live here in Connecticut. It's over in Westport, about 15 minutes away from where I live. And uh, I actually really enjoy what he's written. I've read his book, Principles, a couple of times. Um, and, uh, and I read his blog a lot because he's got a really good take on finance, and he didn't get to where he is uh, without having a really good head to the bat. Um, so Dalio's been calling for, for months and months now, or years even, saying that uh, the market's peaked, it's overvalued, and it's going to plummet. And in fact, he put his money where his mouth is. So this guy back in November placed a $1.5 billion bet. $1.5 billion bet back in November wow. that the markets would pay more than they ever had before by the end of March, and now we're here, right? So uh, I look at that, you know, he, he, he has made, while everybody else is losing trillions of dollars in, in, in aggregate, uh, Dalio has padded his losses by at least 15 billion by making that really, really dangerous and, and, um, and risky play back when he did it, um, because he knew something that nobody else was listening to, which is that it took coronavirus to pop the bubble, but we were in a huge bubble overvalued current, uh, overvalued equities, overvalued stocks after the longest bull-run market in the history of the United States, uh, 12 or 11 years of non-stop growth. In the last five years alone, uh, on average, uh, equities have grown by 30% a year, uh, which basically means that if you invested money in the stock market back in 2014, very religiously, uh, you have uh, quadrupled your money by now. Um, and that is just not sustainable, and it's not realistic, and it's not it, it doesn't have its foot in reality. So I think that the reason to answer your question, the reason why I would not invest now, is A, people are comparing this to 2008, and in 2008, the value of the market fell roughly 50% before they recovered. So I would look at that as the, you know, 45% is probably the, the right time to buy in. Got a little more to go. I'd look for the S&P below maybe 2100, um, you know, and, uh, and and similarly, the Dow as low as maybe 185 before you start buying back in, and I think that would be a good time to start considering it. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't make money in these markets. Right. Uh, you know, um, for me, uh, uh, last week and also uh, earlier this week, um, I was buying put options, which basically says I think the market's going to continue to tank, uh, and if it does, uh, you know, I, I will, um, I will be able to. Uh, sell 100 shares of the spx which is the trade against the standard support which is just the market index um so you know not any specific stock i just said i think the whole market's going to tank and uh and i want the ability to sell it at a certain price um you know today alone that play may be 1500 so uh you know there there are definitely things that you can do in this market if you think it's still going to slide um, and buying put options is one good thing or selling call options is a little bit riskier or shorting the market is a little bit riskier. I like to buy I do think like buying put option because uh, if I'm completely wrong and the market goes in the complete opposite direction, the most I could have lost is, you know, twenty one hundred dollars. Um, so, you know, it's good to it's good to view your investments in a way where there's a there's a floor, a limit to how much you could lose or the downside is what they would call it. Um, so yeah, you know, there's options out there. Uh, but one thing that I would recommend is Um, you know, if it does drop to 45%, then yeah, take your cash, put it in stocks, because we're going to see some serious hyperinflation happening, which is a huge decline in the value of the U.S. dollar, at the same time as the stock market will
1: immediately skyrocket back up to unforeseen levels, um, you know, or if not immediately, it'll happen in the next year, uh, or two, you know, if we're basing it on historic, uh, measures. So if if there was ever a time to reliably double your money, now is that time. Cool. I think you've laid that out uh, pretty nicely there, great. Okay, um, so I'm going to move into something that's a, a bit more positive here, is that, uh, you know, I think I read, uh, I don't know if it was earlier today, I'm pretty sure it was, that we've cured a few people from AIDS. Have you heard much about that? No, I haven't heard anything about that. Yeah, um, that's that's... Yeah. That's flying. A lot of things are flying under the radar right now. That uh, was announced a few months ago that I think they had a cure for AIDS, and I forget where I've read this at, but I've seen it on quite a few things. But I believe it was earlier today or yesterday. I I don't know a lot of the specifics to it. Um, I know I am seeing a lot of commercials about uh, medications for people that have AIDS or HIV or things of that nature to where they're not transferring that, which I think is hopefully a, a a positive there as well. Uh, so, yeah, Had So that yeah, that's that's a that's a really really good thing. Um so so you generally work from home, correct? That's right. Yeah, I work from home pretty much all the time. Okay. Um and I know you you have quite a family there, you know, you have a baby and things like that. How do you uh Yeah, yeah. I, how do you yeah, occupy yeah. your time and, and and things of that nature? I mean, Yeah, uh, no, it's a great question. I think um, this is a subject I'm really passionate
2: about, and it's part of the reason why I'm putting together this app to help people uh, really analyze their time. Um, Good. I I have a couple of what I call keystone habits, and I didn't make that term up. It's just something I got from some other really smart people. Cool. Um, But I think there's a handful of keystone habits that you can do that will dramatically improve your efficiency and This one from um, Benjamin Franklin. Uh, it's also practiced by Seneca the Younger, one of the old philosophers. Practiced by, uh, highly recommended by Peter Brucker, really big uh, business guru. Uh, wrote a lot of great books on the subject of being uh, really productive. Um, Tim Ferriss also recommends this one. And that is that every day you simply write down specifically what you're doing and when. Okay. That sounds crazy, right? Like it's so simple. It's, it's people that i've discussed this with do this um you know so by the time we're done with this call i will make a little note somewhere that says what i was doing from you know uh 6 p.m tonight until whenever we wrap up right. and uh you know it's interesting a lot of people get really really anal retentive about tracking how they spend their money and some of those people get really really rich because if you start at a very young age uh, on, on budgeting and tracking and investing your money very prudently. Started to get serious about that very recently, but uh, if you if you if you track your money really closely and you're very very uh, keen about how, how you uh, track it and how you invest it, then you get great dividends from it. and You get great returns, and, and you can you know from that you can reinvest that, and it, uh, and it really improves your financial situation. So it's just common sense, although I think most people don't do this. That if you log how you spend all of your time simply by virtue of
1: tracking that uh, you have a real opportunity um, to make better use of it well that doesn't it doesn't it kind of make tracking. when you're tracking these things doesn't it kind of to me, because I, I do a little bit of that but it, it seems like you're almost a, a, can be achieving like minute goals hour goals, things of that nature as well in a way yeah I do that to a degree, and I don't try to do it on a daily basis.
2: So let me tell you the way that I used to do this previously. Okay. And uh, I apologize if it sounds like I'm eating something because I'm just choking down a Quest bar here. That's okay. Um, No worries. So the uh, I used to say, all right. So I used to say like, I'm gonna wake up at 6 a.m. and then I'm gonna go and I'm gonna work out until 6:30, and then I'm gonna go and I'm gonna take a shower until seven. And then I'm going to go and I'm going to do piano practice until 7.30. And then I'm going to go and, uh, you know, I'll sit down and do some journaling at, until 8 o'clock. And, the, you know, and so on and so on and so on. Right. And I have, I have uh, tried that method. I can't even tell you how many times before it never, ever, ever works for me. <laughs> it just never works. And I know there are some people out there who can do that very reliably. And, uh, you know, every... Um, Every president, for instance, you know, has a very finite and fixed schedule uh, all day, every day. And every, uh, I think every to 500 CEO or most of them have very, very explicit, specific, you know, schedules like that. For me, uh, somebody who has not been very organized all the time before, that just didn't work for me. So here's what I didn't instead of that. I started off by just saying, uh, you know, this is what I'm doing. You know, today from 8 till 8.30, I got up and I got dressed from 8.30 until 9. I spent time with my daughter uh, who's one years old. From 9 to 9.15, I was checking the stock market before it opened so that I could make some if I wanted to. From 9.15 until 10, I did piano practice. You know, and then I got started with one of my main contract clients, um, you know, and, and worked on that for most of the rest of the day until you and I started talking. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think uh, just writing that down first off and then categorizing it Tells me how I'm doing, and then I take that and I put it into a spreadsheet. And I know most people aren't going to do that, and that's why I'm working on an app to make it really easy to track this stuff and to visualize it. But by putting it into a spreadsheet, I can see, um, you know, how much time I've spent on, uh, you know, total time I've spent in front of the television set, total time I've spent on my uh, uh, work related goals, my career, time I've spent with my family, time I've spent practicing and refining my music, uh, time that I've spent doing household chores, time I've spent. Logging time. I put that in under organization um, or reviewing my budget for time or money. Time I spent doing fitness stuff, working out. Time I spent socially engaging with people. Uh, time I spent self-educating. I make that a big priority every every uh, week. Time I spent creating original content, so I have really started blogging a lot. I'm going to be doing some video journaling soon, too, uh, because I think creating and leading up the trail of original content is a great way to attract a following, just like this podcast, but oh, yeah. also to uh, you know Ed was at a given time. And then I also allocate time each week to research and charity, research to open up doors and uh, unblock any obstacles that I have in the work that I'm planning and charity because I think that some of your weeks should just go to things outside of yourself. Um, so, yeah, like you said, there are goals that I have, not on a daily basis. It's totally okay if I fail to do any of those categories for a day or two in a row. Right. Um, but then I track what my plan is, you know, what I'm aiming to do before the end of the week. And I try to make sure, um, you know, and I have a little meter that says this is how much I have left to do in every category for me to feel like I've really done the right percentage per week of each item. And I graph all of that, and I've got some brick charts that show me, you know, visually
1: how that all looks. And what was the name of this app again?
2: Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm building this into right now. I'm doing it all with, like, Excel spreadsheets and, uh, and, and you know, notepads and, and pen and paper in some cases. Um, you know, so I've been doing a lot of this right now. With a system that isn't really easily portable to everybody else, uh, what I'm what I'm translating that into now is an app called Byday. B i d a y. I set up a little placeholder site at byday.com and a little, uh, you know, an early uh, framework for that app at app.byday.com. Um, nothing really there to see yet, uh, but the, it's an acronym. Acronym, uh, you know, rhymes with Friday, and and, uh,
1: and it stands for view and improve every detail about yourself. Oh, um, But also the word with that I said excellent yeah yeah and also the word by means to struggle towards superiority so the thing that you're doing every day is to get better right cool that sounds excellent man this is what you've been what you're telling me about months and months ago I imagine
2: yeah yeah so I've been working on this for a while um, and uh, I've had a lot of people giving me like alpha feedback um, so I've been running ideas by a lot of other people and testing, you know, do focus testing with some people close to me. And also building a team to actually work on this because, um, you know, getting designers and programmers together who want to really get invested in it has been, um, you know, something else that I've had to work on a little bit. But uh, that's one of the big, you know, things and I have some other affirmations and uh, concepts that I'm baking into that so that when you use the app, you'll actually get smarter about how you manage your time and learn little tips and tricks about how to optimize your day. Um, another one that's really good is called habit bunching, and what that means is that you do two things at once so that you get extra value out of bulb. Um and they have to be really compatible, so the reason why is because human beings are not very good at multitasking, and I don't care what you say, there are tons of research and, and evidence out there, I'm pretty good at multitasking, I can usually do a couple of things at once pretty fluidly, um, but for the most part, people are... Really, really bad at it, and, uh, and and usually if they do two things at once, at least one of them suffers, and that's me included. So um, you, you have to have uh, habits that are super compatible, and a good example is uh, if you're going to be watching your favorite episode on TV uh, and you have to fold laundry, you can fold laundry while you're watching TV. Right. And another good example is uh, for over a couple of years now, every time I'm on the john, I'm reading a book. Yeah. So oh, yeah. If, I'm, if I'm pooping, I'm reading a book. You know, I get extra value out of that time of spending and squeezing squeeze the one out, yeah. Right. Uh, you know, uh, those, are, those are some examples. If you have a long commute, you can listen to an audio book while you're on that commute. Um, or if you have a train commute, you can read on a Kindle like I do on a train. Um, so those are, those are really important things you could be doing uh, to try and reclaim what I would call zero hours. And that's based on a philosophy from uh, productivity communities that I've uh, used before where they say you should have no zero days, which means you should never have a day without some output to show for it. Um, You know, I think uh, I go beyond that, trying to make sure that I don't have any real, I don't have a full hour of time that is totally wasted. Um, You know, so occasionally I'll watch, uh, you know, a movie or I'll watch a TV show that's really long, but I try to make sure that I have really, really focused bursts of uh, a valuable output. And then I measure that, I measure that too. So I ask myself certain mindfulness questions at the beginning end of every day, uh, to make sure that I'm tracking what's important to me most. Um, you know, I ask myself in the morning, what can I get excited about today? What obstacles I have to get cleared? Who going to show special appreciation to? What bold action can I take to stretch my comfort zone? Uh, who needs my help the most today? What interesting content am I going to create today to share with the world? Uh, what's one thing I've been procrastinating on? What's one thing that if I could finish this one thing, I would feel like super accomplished by the end of the day? And what good can I do for the world and for my family and for myself today? Every morning I'm asking myself those nine questions. Every evening, I'm asking myself, what life coach can I give myself today to acknowledge positive and negative points? I'm asking myself, what am I most grateful for and who can I show appreciation to for it? I'm asking myself, what did I handle really well today and why did it go so well? And also, uh, you know, what was something I could have done better and how could I prepare better to succeed at it? Um, what's something that I learned today and how will it serve me in the future? uh you know what did i create a value today um you know and did i work on my on my big fraud which is what i call the procrastination thing Did i work on my one thing to feel accomplished about today um, you know what's important to focus on tomorrow uh and and how do i prepare for it and what's something i'm working to achieve in the next six months and how i getting closer to it every single day those questions have different answers to them and journaling them is not really as much about me going back and, and reading those answers later on. It's really just about codifying and solidifying what's
1: important to me today and tomorrow. And uh, by doing that every single day and journaling that, uh, it
2: helps me feel more grateful. It helps me feel more happy. It helps me feel more focused and really figure on the edges of the problems I have to solve the next day or, or the current day. Um, so all of those things, you know, you ask, how do, I, how do I do it all? How do I run multiple businesses? How do I make time for my family? You know, I work from home because I don't want to lose time to my commute. And because i want to be able to do things with my family right before i go to work and right after my lunch break right after i get out of work so um and then the type of work that i do you know the indie record labels that, are, that i operate uh it takes me to music festivals where i've been going for well over a decade almost two decades now um you know it's been my primary source of year time is concerts and music festivals so you know me getting into a band and learning to you know really get better at my music and producing better music and, uh, and running this label is a way for me to mix work with play in a way that doesn't feel like work for me. And, uh, and so a lot of my stuff is like that. You know, I work on the
1: apps and the ideas and the projects that fire me up and don't make
2: me feel depleted. And so that way, uh, you know, by, by virtue of doing that stuff, it um, doesn't feel like work. It doesn't really, uh, it's very compatible with my lifestyle. And it allows me to do a lot more without feeling like I've lost energy.
1: Well, that's excellent, man. Um, very, very good. Do you want to talk? I think we ran through the questions I've got here, and we'll I'll edit uh, me talking probably a lot of it out. Do you want to talk a, a little bit more about your label? Yeah, sure thing. So uh, yeah, tell uh, us about. Our label
2: it. is Loving Records or LLNLL. Okay. And you know, I think our 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 mission statement is a little bit disconnected, maybe from the music industry because. A lot of uh, music businesses are about building a big platform or uh, about making a lot of money. Um, You know, we have said uh, our mission statement is to live joyously, passionately, uh, humbly, and compassionately, and always lead by example. And uh, and that's kind of, you know, a very um, different departure from uh, even the music industry at large. Our goal in building a platform at all artists and fans and community um, is to help artists that are creating art that's of value to humanity and to society to continue to build that art and to get a platform for it. Um, And all of that isn't surface to spreading love and light and good things. Um, You know, we don't want anybody on a label who exclusively is, uh, you know, or even even partially, we don't want uh, the type of people, you know, there are a lot of people in popular music these days making music about waking up and brushing your teeth with a bottle of Jack Daniels. Right. Or, uh, about getting as drunk as you possibly can. Right. Uh, or about uh, spending all your money on rims and, uh, or, or,
1: you know, about disparaging uh, people of a particular race or right. uh, your know, background or, uh, you know, uh, or, uh, That's awesome. or
2: disparaging people, uh, you know, disparaging women. Um, and so, right. we want to really, have, you know, music is hypnosis, it's trance, it programs the mind. Yeah.
1: Um, and so recognizing that we're looking to make music that uplifts people and helps them be better and, and to improve and that's really what we're all about. That's that's amazing. That's actually super super amazing to to hear that because there there is too much music that's going, you know, straight into ethnocentric behavior, straight into just tons of stuff that why you know, why do we even highlight that? You know what I mean? Just just too many negatives. Yeah. And yeah. I believe that's, uh, in my opinion, where we need to be at with create. Like, I don't know, I don't, and I think you share this the same sentiment. Is that whenever you're creating creating something, like me, I work on paintings, illustrations, th- things of that nature. And when I'm generally when I'm working on a painting, there's generally a narrative behind that um, that is explaining, not not necessarily maybe explaining, but kind of talking about, you know, things within our culture. Um, that the need to change if yeah, that I makes love sense. That your, yeah, well, well, thank you. No worries. Yeah, so I just want to say thank you to anybody who's been tuning in and listening uh, to this point um, and, uh, and really appreciate you uh, tuning in. Uh, if you'd like to learn any more about Lionel
2: Records, the record label that we're building to help prop up indie artists and get them a platform um, without having to sell their soul and sell the rights to all their music in the way that the big labels will demand, uh, you can learn more about that at lionel.com. L-L- N as in Nancy, N-L-L dot com, L L N N L L dot com. And if you'd like to learn more about Viaday, the app that uh, I'm building to help you organize and get more productivity out of every day of your life uh, and improve virtually any skill you'd like to improve, uh, you can learn more about that at V-I-E-D-A-Y dot com, uh, which stands for Review and Improve Every Detail About Yourself, V-I-E-D-A-Y dot com, Viaday. and, uh, and, yeah, if you'd like to learn more about uh, everything else that I'm doing, because I've got a lot of other stuff going on, uh, I have a blog that I, I share posts on
1: at blog.cr8s.net, blog.crates.net. Well, thank you very much. That would conclude our interview with Crates.
0: Thank you.